Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. I'm in Hastings on holiday. Ooh, very nice. It is nice. It's very nice to be by the seaside, even if it is rather cold. Yeah, weather isn't great. No, it's a British seaside holiday. Yeah. It's a classic. (laughs) Good to make (laughs) it a classic. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to ask you if you had your hair cut yet, because I know we were talking about hairstyles. No, I haven't. I'm going tonight. Um, Okay. So it's the second time I'm going to this place called Barbarette. Which, yes, which is in Hackney, um, and it's run by three women. And the way I found it was, because as you know, I've gone from really long hair to a sort of, I'd like to think of it as a sort of Mireille Mathieu hairstyle, but some people said it was like Purdy from Avengers. And <laughs> no, I think the first option. Well, one person also said Theresa May, which I wasn't so happy no, about. No, we're just not even accepting that as an option. So I had no. that as sort of interim shortness, and now mm. I'm sort of aiming for. I'm. I was thinking earlier, maybe I'm aiming for the Normans on the Bay or tap- Tapestry. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that would be appropriate as I'm in Hastings. Yeah, true. Ten sixty six and all that. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. So I, I thought um, because the reason I'd never had short hair is because you have to go to a hairdresser all the time. Yeah. So I, I thought um, I maybe I'll try and find a barber. Maybe I can go to a barber. Um, okay. Because it's quick and it's cheaper. Uh, so I researched whether I could find someone in London and I never really got anywhere with that. It, but it was quite interesting. There are a lot of articles about it online. Um, so apparently in New York, there's the New Yorker has a, an article about it. There are a lot of women who go to various barbers all over New York. Yeah. But here, um, it's. I think it's not... I don't know how many people do it, but there isn't... I couldn't find anyone online who said women are welcome. Oh, uh, really? That's so funny. Yeah, and what I could find, though, was sort of articles about women being turned away. So one woman actually sued some a barbershop in Cambridge um, because really? she had short hair. She went in and they kept saying um, women this way and pointing to the door. Um <gasps> Yes. So afterwards, they said, "Oh, they didn't hadn't quite meant it like that, but they would only do women if they weren't very busy." So there was that, and then there were some other articles about women being turned away. And then there's one place I think in Manchester, maybe, uh, where it's more like a gentleman's club, and it's it's a bit more pricey. It's about also sort of old-fashioned barbershop, and he's totally adamant that it's a men's place. Um, women shouldn't have nothing to do there and so that I thought that was really interesting that's so interesting I've never really even thought about that and it's it's funny isn't it because you sort of think nowadays you can't really get away with that in most places but it's like it hasn't really been tested or questioned yeah and when I maybe I mean maybe it isn't an issue because I haven't actually tried it um Mm. I mean Jay asked his barber whether um, they would accept women and they said no it's too complicated they said it's too complicated Mm -hmm. you bring the girls in it just gets all crazy yeah so and then he said and even if even if it's like a barber's hairstyle and they said no 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 it's too complicated 
and I wonder what it what they what, meant in terms of gender politics, in terms of hairstyle. Yeah, I did, I wonder is it is it they feel they need to offer cocktails if women turn up? Well, or... I do expect a cocktail. Yeah. So how or... weird mm-hmm. isn't that funny? So it's like a completely masculine space, but most. I can't really think of a hairdresser that only has women now. No, actual hairdressers, usually, from what I can see, or what what my experiences are usually unisex. Although, often, some hairdressers do the women, and then others do the men. And I can see it's a... I mean, I partly wanted to go to a barbershop, because I wanted, you know, really short at the back. Yeah. So I I thought I I need someone who knows how to do that and who who you know I wanted to have a sort of barber someone who knows how to yeah. do a barber technique, um, which I could I guess find at a at a normal hairdresser, but I just thought it'd be well well no it makes sense because it's mm. like if you want a kind of sort of really nice like interwar avant-garde ladies hairstyle sorry my coder is crying because there's motorbikers going past that's okay um. That's okay, he's fine now. Um, like, if you want that kind of hairstyle, I mean, it makes me wonder if those women had to go to barbers to get it done. Well, well. Do you, have you ever read Bernice Bob's Her Hair? No. It's great. I think I should. It's a good title. It's by Zelda Fitzgerald, so Scott's wife. Oh, my goodness. And it's quite early. I think it might be 22. Um, yeah. And although it's got hair in the title and it, it that is the sort of main well maybe highlight is not the right culmination what is the main word for a finale yeah something like that it's sort of the main point but it it's more it's more like a mean girls type thing because bernice oh, really? bernice is not treated that well by a so-called friend and in the end that that leads her to chop off her hair and she has to go to a barber's oh interesting because yes because I remember reading a book ages and ages ago about like early 19th, early, sorry, early 20th century hairdressing and about how it was dressing long hair, not cutting hair. And I'd never thought about that either of, of kind of how it switches to actually cutting instead of just twiddling what you actually have on your head already. Yeah, it's and it's interesting how this transition from the longer hair to the shorter hair for a while it looks like people have short hair from the front but yes. but on yeah. they actually have a little bun or big bun at exactly, at the back yeah. um yeah. and when when this bernice bobs her hair the version that i've seen i think it came out in a magazine first with illustrations right. anyway i've seen contemporary illustrations and that scene when she goes into the barber is illustrated and the men are all looking totally shocked and can't <laughs> believe that a woman has come into come into this place and I I do wonder what what how how people did it because I remember my grandmother telling me that first she had peroxided her hair and then and then yeah and she had it cut apparently quite early on but I I didn't you know she told me that when I was a teenager so I wasn't asking specifics she told it to me because to show how she got into trouble with her mother for doing that she shouldn't have done Uh... it um but I don't know who you know but where you she just had it done. That sounds alluring, and I should do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so it's it's weird how uh, yeah I do wonder what what the 
what the, why why some barbers reject it, whether it is that they feel it's more fussy or women are more fussy or whether it is this sort of intrusion into the male space. The other thing I yeah. saw was there were quite a lot of articles, I think, again, primarily American for African-American women, sort of tips how to, what to look out for when you go to a barber's. Um, ah. So that's, so to have your hair like cut really short, you know, really short. Oh, I see, yeah. So I, I didn't actually properly read them, but there, there were quite a few that said sort of tips for going to the barber's, what to, you know, expect or so. So... Okay, um, so that seems like it's more of a possible thing. Maybe, maybe I was wondering, or maybe just in the, maybe it's a different different cultures. I also wonder, does barbershop thing is so big now here, and it's a, maybe when did that start? Five years ago or so? Yeah, it's very kind of retro, isn't it? Yeah, it came with a beard. I think it has something, yes. you know, with beard, um, caring for your beard. I have a feeling it had something to do with that because. I remember here in Spitalfields, there are like three or four now. There are quite a few, um, and there weren't any five, six years ago. And that's a bit strange to have this, yeah, maybe not strange, yeah. but... But, I, but again, it's very, it's very sort of old school idea of masculinity and manliness, I think, too. Yes, and I, I always wonder why at this particular point this the whole beard thing you know which which is really such a gendered thing you know you can't I mean maybe I'll I'm growing a beard I don't know but you know not not a proper one that would be quite hard that would be that quite would hard. be hard yeah and why so, so you're thinking more of a, a wig beard yeah wig beard um okay. or a mustache um but I think I, a mustache would be better maybe but why, you know, why is that at the moment? This sort of very masculine thing and crisis also, in gender identity, I guess, and threaten, threaten to mas, threatening to masculinity, maybe yeah, threats. Maybe. I mean, but also it's it because it always makes me think of kind of nineteenth century, you know, because there's so much kind of facial hair for men and facial hair primping, for want of a better word in the 19th century and it's often to do with um military campaigns isn't it it seems like in particular campaigns they have particular beards or maybe i'm imagining it no i think I that's right mm. and particular monarchs yeah have beards and they seem to be then influential that's true, that's true. Mm. yeah well, don't go to one of the beard ones, I don't think. No, no. I, I've... But the one you're going to is run by women. So, so the one... clearly women are allowed in them. Because that's another thing. Are women allowed to cut hair in a barber's? Do you have to be a man to be a barber? I don't think so. And there were a few articles as well about women barbers. So okay. that seems to be a thing. This so could... that's all right. You just It's just not a woman customer. No, yeah, that's that's right. I okay. mean, I'm, as I said, I haven't actually physically tried it myself. No, I mean, I feel like we now should go into every barber we pass and say, theoretically, hypothetically, I mean, would you cut my hair? Yeah, I should really my do. Hair, I too have gone from very long to very short. So we're both in a position to go and ask these questions. Yes. I almost don't want to go in. I, it does feel quite... No. It doesn't feel like a space for me. I think if we do go in, we have to go in looking as girly as possible. <laughs> yes. I think, you know, if, if we're going to break this all-male space, 
we have to do it full girly. Mm. And I was thinking, I don't even mind, you know, the, the all male space thing in general, if that's, you know, if people feel they want to retreat. Um, that guy in Cambridge, I, not Cambridge, I don't know, wherever this barbershop is where, where mm. he really doesn't like women, he said they need to have a space to talk about menly things. So, but that sounds like going back to like the 50s and saying women can't join the golf club. And, I know. <laughs> you know, it's like, so sit at a different table. Yeah. But you know, I almost and, thought... And, and, many, and it's also kind of acting as though men and women are... It's very binary, isn't it? Yeah. As though all women are like this, all men are like that. Mm. And, you know, civilization will break down if there's any kind of fluidity or recognition that some women are quite masculine and some mm. men are quite feminine mm. i also think you know if i thought if 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 there's some men who want to do that please you know that's fine but this is a so it's it's a service it's a, like a shop yeah or, you know, it, no, don't do yeah. it there do it somewhere else maybe i don't know i i, I mean i'm veering towards don't do it because it's not that private a thing going to a hairdresser mm. Mm. And also, and it's so weird it to just, turn custom away. That's well, also so strange. Yeah, and it just seems, as I say, it seems just so binary. Yes. We don't like that. We no. do not like binaries. No. no, no. Break them down. Okay. Okay. So I'm proud of you. You've got, you've got your all. You've got your all women, even though we're saying no binaries. <laughs> but men and women are welcome there. Yeah, and it's gender neutral pricing as well. Ex- that's even better. Mm, so that's even better because women's haircuts are so much more expensive. Yes. Mm, mm. And apparently, again in New York, apparently you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to charge. Oh, that's very differently. good. Mm. I don't know what the situation mm. is here. So well, no, that's my my hair story. I liked it. Oh, but I wanted you to tell me as well because because you were telling me before, and I know one of my students used your Bassano pictures of interwar hairdos yeah we have from the museum yeah so at the museum we have this this massive collection i think it's three and a half thousand of glass no, plates i didn't realize it was that many yeah it is a lot um from the bassano archive so the bassano studio was in i think it was in bond street or near bond street and um so and we have all the advertising photographs they also did portraits wow. but the portraits went to the um, national portrait gallery okay so um they have an equal amount of maybe even even more old bond street yeah that's where they oh and then they moved to dover street at some point right and a lot of the, it's all sorts of things it's underwear it's outerwear and like you say there's sort of from from between the wars pretty much it sort of stops pretty much in the early 40s um, but there also are a lot to do with hairdressing and particular with this one particular from this one particular hairdresser called Eugene Suter S-U-T-E-R I'm not quite sure how uh-huh. you pronounce it and with someone else with a Mr. Um, Calvator he developed this perming machine and i'm this sure this is the one that looks like an octopus or something yes like a sort of metal octopus it's totally to yeah yeah it's it looks very very strange and very futuristic and and also dangerous i think because electricity yes. is definitely involved it does seem like flames would burst out yeah. of it at any minute i i don't... I don't understand how it works because it seems like there's like metal tubes 
Yeah, so attached to your head. I don't like is your hair inside the tube? Yes, so actually wow. they they did use them still I think in some places after the war and on and then if you look on YouTube you can you can see how how it works and people talk about you know it them being used on them. So they were for perms. And so you have this structure hanging over you with, with, with metal tubes on yeah. cables. And at first your hair is wound around another metal thing with some solution. So you still need solution. It's not just the, the electricity right. that does it all. Uh, and solution and some paper or something. And then these bits that are around your hair are then fed into the tubes that are coming from this structure above. Wow. And, I think and it's it, like vertically up head yes so one once they've done all your hair and they've curled them all up onto these little round tubes it looks really really funny uh, and then yeah they're fed into this machine and then I don't know how long it took um, and I don't know I think heat, I think you. I think it's heat that is the sort of thing oh, right. um, but the interesting thing is in on, on the Bassano photos um, when you look at them online they don't come up in order and I keep meaning to do a blog post for our website at the museum which I really must do because there are a few women where you can see all the different stages so they have very very long oh, that's hair good. and then you see them starting putting them on these curlers and then you see them done before they put the machine on and they put the machine on and and then you see what it is like after I usually prefer the before photo but um, <laughs> that's another story but it, it's really it's really interesting um, and and Mr. Calvi, and a descendant of Mr. Calvi, has has written a book about about the um, invention of this machine and everything. But it's Amazing. usually more associated with this with this hairdresser, about whom not that much is known. He apparently came right. from Switzerland, but um, he claimed to have come from Paris. So I don't know. There's, of there's, course, because that seems more yeah, tricky. Exactly. And and was your hair like ringletty? Oh, I suppose it's Wait, ringletty when you come off, and then it's. It's style. more, it's more, almost like muscle wavy. It's more right. like finger wavy. I see. Yeah, the ones, the one usually more, more like that, and usually not necessarily all over. It's more like the hair near your skull um, is right. is waved, and the rest remains. Oh. And then, so, so you 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 have the wavy hair around your skull, and then the really long hair you could still put up in a bun. I think that's how it works. Oh, I see. Mm. I mean, I do wonder what condition people's hair was in having that done. I know. I mean, I'm sure hair products. I don't know what people put on their hair to condition it, but I can't imagine it was very good. Yeah, I don't. I mean, L'Oreal has been around for a very long time. Oh, that's time. true. That's um, true. So maybe there were some things that would and help. We have at the museum, as you would expect, we pretty much have everything. We have some powder shampoo, so that oh, seems wow, to have been yeah. some sort of early form of shampoo. I can't think of a conditioner, but I maybe they use some sort of. I don't know about that. You know, this oil you have the anti yes. antimacassar. Oh yes. Did women use that as well, or was it just men? I don't know. That I actually, I don't know. Maybe it was just a men male thing. But I, I don't think they were in an amazing condition. Having had a perm myself at some point. Um, oh really? I can't imagine you with a perm. <laughs> yeah, it took five hours. It was. Um, no. Yeah. So and my hair was in a pretty bad state afterwards. Wow. And I keep asking hairdressers. I'm quite fascinated by perms. 
I keep asking them, do you think it's going to come back? And they always look at me horrified. And um, I still I still think that will eventually come back. I don't know. Maybe not. Um, I think I it's weird. Know. It's sort of since the 80s they've gone. Yeah. You get kind of ironic perming in style magazines. Oh, it's probably done with tongs rather than Maybe. a perm. Mm. But... I mean, I'm just obsessed with the condition of your hair and I couldn't do something that would dry it out that much. Mm. Yeah, definitely does wow. that. Or used to. I don't, I don't know, know if you can hear, but there's like seagulls going insane outside. No, so, I can't so hear that. So that's what that noise is. Okay. okay. I can't hear it's it. It's very seaside but <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Well, don't get a perm. No, not but, at this point. But I want a picture of, of you when you come out with your new hairstyle okay which is very 1066 i'm intrigued by that as your reference point okay as well. okay yeah you'll get that you'll get that excellent and what about excellent. you what are you going to do in hastings well obviously paddling because in ice cold weather that's what you do but going to the beach going to the Jerwood gallery and then i want to go back i don't know if you remember but when we came here a couple of years ago and they've got this flower-making museum. Oh, really? Yeah, I really like it. Like, I really love museums that are just on a high street and just you happen upon them. Mm. And first, it, it's like a shop. You know, they make, they still make artificial flowers and they sell them all over the world. You know, they're really, really successful and they, they do them for musicals and theatre and ballet, but also, um, you know, carnivals, Just and you can just buy them in the store. And it's tiny. It's like in an old chemist's shop with a, I would guess, like an early 20th century frontage. And this this company has been going since about 1910. And it's just really amazing as this kind of reminder, this like remnant of these obscure small places that, you know, facilitate the fashion system, as yes. it were that I just really love. And then you go in, so you go in and it's very sort of old fashioned um, kind of wooden shelving and everything. And there's all these flowers, which, which is wonderful. Like that would be enough. That would be fabulous. But then you go downstairs and it's this tiny basement space and every nook and cranny is filled with the paraphernalia of making artificial flowers. So there'll be like a, a a sort of row of drawers with open fronts, you know, with glass fronts, and it will have every kind of little seed, and then one that has all the different kinds of stamen, and then one that has leaves, and one that has different kinds of petals, and then, you know, samples of, you know, African violets from the early 20th century, or, you know, um, ones done for ballets or tiaras. It's just incredible. And there's even like one of the, the Brenda Wilson, who's the lady who runs it now, has had it since 1981. She's amazing. She's got so many stories about, you know, different musicals and things that they've they've made things for. But her, one of her employees sort of goes downstairs and there's like behind glass, there's one of the old machines, the like this stamping machines that would stamp out the petals. And so he kind of revs it up and it warms up and then he, you know, they place the fabric underneath and then they have the stamp and then they kind of, it sort of comes down and goes whack and stamps out each petal individually. It's incredible. It's so, and it's so tiny. And as I say, you could really, 
you could just sort of think, oh, this is a very bright, jolly shop window and walk past and not even realise yeah, what it is. That's so nice. I We, we had a, a display at the museum at some point about artificial flower making. Because, oh, did you? That's so nice. Yeah, we have a lot of uh, moulds that yeah. were used and, and, and other tools from artificial flower making. And we also... We, we showed this film. I I'll, I'll hope I can find it. I'll, if if so, I'd send you the link. There was this Please. man who um, f- filmed his father who was in the 70s still making artificial flowers. And I think he was he was filming what you just said about um, stamping out the yeah. or cutting the, the patchels. And it was, yeah, it was really, it was really interesting. And I think there used to be a lot of these traits in yes. London. I, I specifically remember one person telling me about going to a ostrich feather curler in Soho somewhere. Oh, wow. And unfortunately, I never I never went. And that was in the early 90s or so. So there were still people yeah. there then. Because feathers, I guess, it w- would have been another really big yes. thing. Yes, yeah. There is I mean, someone... You oh, go. go on. <laughs> okay, well, I, I think it's really fascinating. And it, it's really, like, it's how... French couture has survived by, you know, like Chanel has bought up so many of the firms that do these yes. kind of crafts, hasn't it? And it's like, it's such a good thing that they've done it. I mean, I don't know how much a monopoly that means they have on these people, but it's like, that's why France has been able to keep its status. Because was it, I was trying to remember, was it Carmel Snow after the Second World War who asked someone to bring her back an artificial flower made by the couturier? by one of the ateliers, because she felt that if she saw that, she'd know if Paris had survived. Oh, like, really? If, if they could still make the perfect flower, mm. then couture could go on. Mm. I wonder. I who... want that to be true. Yeah, I want that. I definitely... I'm going to believe it's true. Yeah. I wonder, who, um, I wonder who buys them now, because it's not really... Well, fashion is quite flowery at the moment, but not, not 3D flowery. I wonder well, what... Yeah, I think it's more, as I say, like musicals, because they have like a box of really bright, bright sort of neon pink flowers that were too bright for workers to kind of work on them that they'd made for Mamma Mia, I think, the musical. And they did them for ballet and opera. So I think for like costumes, there's a lot. And for carnivals, and they sell internationally, so carnivals have lots of artificial flowers. And they also make um, like little sprigs, to go on Christmas crackers and on chocolate <laughs> boxes and things like that. So it's it's quite diverse, mm. the range of things that they sell to. I mean, you... it's a tiny place. Honestly, it's really minute. Because when we... And it's amazing. When we were um, putting the display together and we were looking, we also... So we had some of the moulds and then we had, I think we might have had a dress with flowers on, and then we had quite a mm. few hats and bonnets, and we of tried, course, yes, mm-hmm. and we tried to find something quite late, but we really, you know, after after the sec- Second World War, we really d- don't think we had anything that had artificial flowers no. on it, maybe the odd hat still, yes. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I mean, it was before I was born, but my mum had taken a millinery course, just an evening course, I guess maybe in the 60s, um, 
and I remember that I still like she had sort of beads and and different part, you know like petals to make flowers to put on them and I think you do get up until like the early 70s like bridesmaids mm. headdresses and things that 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 are entirely artificial flowers so I suppose weddings are bridesmaids that's another mm. market isn't it where you still get artificial yeah. flowers and for a while you could buy these wreath for it was I think it was festival you know where um I know there was definitely one in Spitalfields which was the sort of flower wreath or wreath I never know how to say it wreath um so they were I think that's gone away again a bit but they must have used up quite a lot of artificial flowers that's true that's true I mean it there was this um advertisement and um, part of this German network called Netzwerk Mode Textile and they also sort of sometimes advertise jobs in fashion and there there was actually one person who had in Germany I think in eastern Germany it was who had an artificial flower maker and they wanted to sell it oh and for a very I know interest. for a brief moment I thought Mm, wouldn't that be amazing but yeah let's just go and make artificial yeah but I guess there was a reason why they were selling it yeah Mm, no it must be I mean it it's sad isn't it because you think oh there must have been all these amazing little obscure trades I mean artificial flowers isn't obscure I mean that Mm. would have been huge at one time but yes and sort of you know as you said like um, ostrich feather colors that's so specific you know the idea that you could have a you know make money from that specific thing but you know they were so popular yeah everyone all women had ostrich feather hats oh definitely particularly when um i remember mark the royal family went so the two princesses in 47 i think it was they went to south africa and mm. they, a lot of their hats had ostrich feathers as a sort of tribute, you know, like the Queen often of wears things yes, to do yes. with her, or used to wear when she used to travel, things to do with the country she was visiting. So they were wearing a lot of ostrich feathers. And um, we have some images at the museum of, of, I think, people sorting ostrich feathers in Docklands, you know, when they when they arrived in, oh, in the docks. It must have been such a big thing, in particularly yeah. in the 20s and maybe before, before then as well yeah, we have so a lot of yeah we have a lot of ostrich feather feather fans at the museum because they die so well that's the other other thing oh. and there are amazing i mean obviously as a vegan i'm not that happy about all of this but there are amazing like Yves Saint Laurent did um incredible kind of and also Balenciaga like trembling dresses that are just covered in um I think they call it stripped feathers, where they strip oh, yeah. mm. half of the the feather off, so you've just got one side of it mm. is fringed. I don't know how you say it properly, but like you know what I mean. And mm. they they so they become so kind of ethereal and yeah, just incredible movement um, in them. And I think that's a real couture skill, isn't it? The yes. different ways that they treat the feathers and the different things, as you say, sort of dyeing them, but also trimming them and shaping them in different ways we have one dress which is from the 70s hardy amis and it's got a sort of poochy-esque maybe psychedelic swirly pattern in orange yellow it's a sort of georgette or something like that Mm. and and it's got ostrich feather trimmings and it's not that 
the whole sort of feather is one color it's individual the individual hairs if that's the right word of the ostrich feather they have different colors and i just cannot get my head i know i cannot get my head around how you do that um and it matches obviously it would the the fabric it's absolutely amazing and is the other feathers like just around the hem or where are they? There, it's it's this amazing outfit. It's actually it looks like it's a long dress, but it's actually trousers. Um, oh it, my goodness! Yeah, it was one of Lady Delamere's. It was I think it was for cruising on the Dalmatian coast. I think this particular That's outfit. So it's trousers, and then then it's almost, if I remember correctly, almost got like a tunic type thing on top, but it's yes. all cut together. And then the hem of the tunic, which goes to about mid thigh, something like that, that has the ost- ostrich feathers. God. Yeah. And and I suppose it's like also for the light there, and being on a cruise, you should yes. imagine it in that in that kind of light would be incredible. Mm. Mm. Have you got pictures of this? Yes, yes, I do. I do. Please, I need to see this. Yeah, yeah. No, it is pretty amazing. Mm. And I'm thinking my, you know, by the sea outfit is very dull in comparison. Well, you you can change that. I can. I can. I I can go to the artificial flower shop and brighten myself up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I will do that. Yeah. Okay. On that yeah. note. On that note, all right, well, I look forward to talking to you next week and to, you know, getting pictures of amazing outfits and your new hairdo. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. Speak soon then. Yeah, take care. Bye. And you, bye.